So, all right, everyone, we just finished watching Mandalorian Chapter 12, which I was really blonde on earlier today. That's fine. Cody knows what I'm talking about. Um, but it was absolutely phenomenal, I think. Um, I'm slightly disappointed that I was wrong about the ending scene. However, I'll move past it because it was a great episode regardless. The short recap that we have is Baby Yoda is absolutely adorable. Mando struggling at being a dad. Um, Cardoon is still a badass, but now she's a good girl badass instead of just a punk. Um, very cool what they've done to Navarro. Lots of progress there. And basically, Moff, or basically, Grief Karga, Cardoon, the Mithril, and Mando team up, team up to have a really cool, very insightful thing where we learn a little bit more about the cloning process and why this adorable little guy was wanted by Moff Gideon. And of course, Mando actually learns that Moff Gideon is still alive. And there's some bad news coming because a tracker is placed on the Razor Crest, and that's pretty much where we end the season, we're end the episode, and we're heading off towards um, Ahsoka as anticipated for Filoni to take the reins on that episode, as many people have been suggesting for about a week now, at least. So, with that, we're just going to go ahead and break down all of our different things we have with us, me and myself of Star Wars Doctrine, Logan. We have Cody, who's also the other side of Star Wars Doctrine. We got our girl Mallory down here of Analyzing Star Wars, and we have our buddy Ronan um, up here. He does also his own little YouTube channel about Star Wars and a little Mando After Effects, and I'll be actually in his YouTube video that he's going to do later on too, so make sure to check his out on his page. We'll link it in our description and stuff to go ahead and check it out. So, everyone's reactions, fantastic, loved it. Lots of nodding. Please, you guys go yeah. first. <laughs> okay, I'll start. I think one thing that I really liked about this episode is that it went above our expectations. I see, I can already feel that everyone's going to say, oh, it's just another filler episode. We just want to get to the good stuff. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, this is not even close to a filler episode. Is This episode covers the basis of a normal story progression episode. Mm-hmm. Where, for me, a, like a filler episode would be like, the droid arc in the Clone Wars. That, to me, is what I would consider a filler episode. But this episode, where it took steps that needed to be taken to progress the story. Like, there's nothing in this episode that's going to prevent the story from being withheld or a waste of 40 minutes. It's everything that we needed in this episode is vital to the storyline. Mm-hmm, for sure. It was cool to see that storyline kind of come back to Navarro, too, and maybe kind of give some insight as to why they were on Navarro in the first place and why that was an important planet and, and everything like that. I think, but, but along with what Mal said, I think I even said when we were watching it at one point, I said, Oh great. Just another quest. And Logan's like, I'm already on a quest, you know? And, and so, but, but like you said, it didn't turn out to be just a side quest. It was actually very important. And if Mando hadn't come there, he probably wouldn't have found out, you know, what they found out about why they were looking for the child and everything. So I think that's, that was a really cool way to implement that. For sure. This episode was, I agree with Mallory. It was far from me calling it filler. I understand what people would come from of it, but you gotta up and praise again to this show where it comes to context and details. We go to another side of Navarro that we haven't been to before, and it's an Imperial section. Yeah. And it gave me some Hellboy vibes from the opening, where it's like, okay, you know, the Imperials or the Nazis are working on some creepy black magic stuff. We don't know what it is, and <laughs> we got to put an end to it. And so this links to why Moff Gideon has been persistent with Baby Yoda or the child or young, whatever may have you. And Carl Weathers directed this, and it's just like, what? Yeah. Apollo Creed? Yeah. I, I'm not used to, I don't know if he's directed before, if this is his first time, TKO, TKO in my opinion. For sure, and I think, I mean, I don't think we're going to hit, I don't think we'll see the word filler episode tossed around at all, because actually, well, I just I just think in general, like, I mean, I think we all totally understand why episode two got called that, makes sense, but this one, like, we're just looking at, this is really the main storyline of, of it all actually right here. This is what it's all about is Moff Gideon and why the Empire wants this guy. You know, that's yeah. what the, that's what the show's really about at the end of the day. And I thought it was so cool because this was, to me, when, like, you know, they're doing the recap, you're like, oh, my gosh, this one's totally going to be all about season one, which to me, I haven't felt like we've actually continued the storyline of season one at all. 
Like, I mean, right. yeah, we've been, oh, well, we need to take this to the Jedi, which is literally just, like, one sentence in all of Season 1. So now we're actually getting to all the other things we went through with Season 1, why he was being targeted so much, why the Empire was after him for so much. And obviously the cloning guy, it was very interesting to see our nameless scientist back and be, like, actually understanding what the hell's actually going on and kind of being like, haha, we're probably right, which was cool to see that kind of guesses on what that was all about which brings me to one of the things i thought was super cool was the scientist guy and the creepy 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 looking dudes in a tank um, whatever the hell that stuff was about <laughs> it was interesting it was of... interesting right did, you, did anyone yeah. else go back and just like stare and try and figure out what it was did anyone else do that because yeah. i was like i'm just paused like staring at my tv like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> it links that's what's cool about this stuff that even though we may know what might happen it links to i was i was i've reached to one of my comics i, I put it back it, there was a, a comic that came out called shattered empire right it was the days after the battle of endor the rebellion's cleaning up and then spoilers for those who haven't read it at the end we realized that the empire had more plans they've had a backup plan hmm. and this is the backup plan that we've been i've been hoping for us to see in live action whether it be in the movies or in the tv shows Rise of Skywalker is another scenario, which I won't get into, but this is stuff was like, yes, this is the, the creepy stuff that we haven't seen from the Imperial side that, oh, we, we got. For sure. Yeah, that's cool. I think, uh, well, my, so my first thought, because there's a popular, the popular theory that maybe they needed Baby Yoda for cloning purposes, and maybe that connects in with Palpatine and, and him trying to create bodies for him to be in, like Snoke, or uh whatever clones things like that that he's trying to create do you guys did you get that vibe when looking at it do you feel like that that's what this purpose was because the first thing i thought of was that and i even thought looking at one of them that it kind of had a palpatine kind of look but i that was on first glance could be totally off what do you guys think the kind of purpose of all that is now i do think oh go ahead mallory go ahead I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction of where you guys are looking at within the turn. So I'm going to go over the very up end of the episode is about hallways with all the bodies or like fish suits. I'm going to go there and we kind of discuss it. It kind of has those purge trooper kind of vibes to the suits. And I think that's kind of the direction that we're going in is we're, we're trying to create these elite soldiers, whether they have an advantage of the force, whether they're not, I don't think they're going to be inquisitors. I think they're going to go more towards a trooper that has the force. I can mm. use that to their advantage. But um, I think that's kind of the direction that they're going to take it in because clearly, I mean, they're not going to go. If they don't have a Sith to lead them or a dark side force user to lead those, then there's no really essence to bring in an Inquisitor because, I mean, they're not necessarily hunting the Jedi anymore. There's no there's mm -hmm. no empire to really build that off of. So really, they're just trying to create these elite soldiers with the... Um, benefit that of the force armor. and that's what the midi chlorines are for cool i thought that okay maybe not palpatine that they're trying to get the blood samples from, from the, the the volunteer i actually thought it was a little bit of moff gideon that he's been he has those that wall that freaked me the hell out i'm like what is that are those death troopers that they're trying to upgrade what what the what is this and then just didn't call us Bazila, just turning around with his cape just being like you know, oh yeah, I got things up my sleeve. It, I thought it was Moff Gideon that's trying to get stuff for him and make him, you know, a super being again. It, it's very wacky, crazy EU stuff that I loved about it. But I thought it might, it might not have just been Palpatine because that's that's what worries me a little bit about it is that they might be trying to link it too much to to the sequels or, or the, the, the map that Palpatine has been setting up that he's still alive and cloning himself. I'm like, do that, but other officials again you know it's a scattered imperial you know cell that's trying to stay alive and they're throwing whatever it can to you know experiment and you know take control of the galaxy again i love both of those like thoughts actually like actually all three of y'all's and that's actually what i would con connect it to is like what what ronan's pointing out is like we have like the empire is tiny and they know that obviously and even we get from Palpatine's contingency plan in Battlefront that part of the plan of the Empire is actually to hurt the Empire so it re gives the remnants, you know, a stronger thing to cling to, right? It's all about building up and making that small part of the Empire actually incredibly strong. So that'd be a good connection if 
I don't think it's going to exclude Palpatine because I do think we're going to get some sort of more of an answer to that. And I thought it was really cool that in the little recording, you hear him saying a volunteer. The volunteer media, I'm thinking Ray's dad. The the clone that's problematic. I'm thinking Ray's yeah. dad. But it could be anyone else, honestly. But I love that he called it an M count. I thought that was interesting. He didn't actually use the word midi-chlorine, yeah. but he called it an M count. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, you get like, we're going to have to probably have some connection to, I mean, if you're looking at clones and we're thinking, of course, Sidious and Snoke and the creation of that makes sense. Right. But the concept of being able to, okay, we're not just making Palpatine, you know, back alive, but he's going to want some super soldiers, like very Legends lore, where we're going to get stuff like that. Mallory pointing out we got Purge Troopers. I mean, it, it all kind of fits together because you have that terrifying wall that it doesn't quite look right. It's not Death Troopers. It's not quite Purge Troopers. And Moff Gideon, like, this entire, the little bits you see of him, every time you're like, oh, he's so cool. Oh, he's just criminal and you have no idea what's going on and he's such a fantastically evil character that that yeah. just works i think yeah and it's it's what's what's the right term i think that him being so persistent about this it's it's what's to let people know that the empire is rebuilding itself but they're also trying to make sure they don't make the same mistakes that they did last time they started right. off the stormtroopers with clones that they had you know, reprogrammed for 66, and then they brought in civilians from across the galaxy that they recruited into the academies. And it's sort of like, okay, well, how can we up the ante this time? We don't want just our leader to be super powered. Let's make our troopers super powered. That way, no, there's no small rebellion again that can put up a fight again. There's, um... Yeah, I think... Oh, go ahead, Cody. Okay, I was going to say, there's something, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but called the Dark, Dark Trooper Project which is like, I guess that's probably more legends and stuff now, but it was essentially that kind of concept of like creating an army that was like half cybernetic, half clone, half whatever. And like just looking at some of like concept art and stuff, and I don't even know if it was probably from a book or comic or something that's legends. They all have like a Vader-ish looking mask, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of what we saw on the wall there. And so along with what Rona was saying, like, Maybe they are trying to try and build some sort of super army along that lines, but but I don't know. But it'd be interesting to see kind of where they go. Um, then the other thing I was thinking, along with what you guys are saying, is is Moff Gideon? Is he the top dog, like right now? Like they we obviously get that vibe, but does he answer to somebody? Is there a Grand Moff? Is there, you know? Mal, you take that. Or is so. Right now, there's basically their cells of the Empire. Right. So, basically, the top dog at the moment is Ray Sloan, and we haven't heard anything of her in this, but mm -hmm. Moff Gideon's definitely not the top dog. But I think okay. he's trying to make himself the top dog, but he's, he's not going to get there. True, and I think that's very, that's very much what we see in, like, Star Wars, right? I mean, that's basically how kind of Thrawn even kind of gets his gig. Yeah. He wasn't the top dog, and then he was just so badass that they made a special position for him. So, like, we could see a similar thing with Moff Gideon where he was like, you know, he's definitely power hungry and he reminds me so much of Thrawn. He really does. And, like, the creativity and his attention to detail with his enemy. That's, like, to me, like, that's just, like, very, I guess the very essence of Thrawn to me is, like, understanding your enemy very well. And that seems like just from that clip with him understanding about, like, you know, being so in depth of understanding who Cara Dune was, who Mando was, and who Grief Cargo was when he showed up, I thought that was very interesting. Like we, he learned, we, he told us who they were. We didn't know until he told us. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, that's the, that's no, he's an ISB officer that he started off as an ISB officer. It's just like, no, it's not just, he looks cool. He's his information has been his training since the, the early years of the empire. Was that an ISB ship at the end? That's what I thought. Cause it wasn't, it obviously wasn't a star destroyer, but it looked very like oh, the ISB. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I freaked out because of the opening in the middle. I'm like, they're not going to do the Falcon. No, 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 no. That would have been crazy. Just like a random Falcon shot. You're like, I don't understand. Ray Sloan's from the, from the Battlefront book, right? So Ray Sloan is introduced in um, the Star Wars Rebels Aftermath. novel. It's called The New Dawn. Mm. And yeah. she follows through into the Aftermath novels. Yeah. Which follows Aftermath. after the Battle of Endor all the way to the Battle of Jakku. 
The yes, the Aftermath books. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I was like, I knew it from Aftermath. I didn't remember about the Rebels book. But then you get... She's introduced in the New Dawn. And then you get her even in Squadrons, if you can't read. You can <laughs> go check her out in Squadrons. Um, and she's the main... I don't know, because you play on two different sides. She's the main character of the Empire, basically. Um, so she's really cool. She's the Hera of the Empire, basically. And the... I definitely, I definitely get the vibe that, that, like obviously Gideon's after the child and everything for his own personal gain too. But I do get the vibe that he's on a mission for a greater cause too. Like mm -hmm. it, it does feel like, it feels like he is on a mission for somebody, and like he's determined, obviously, and all that. But I, that's why I was kind of asking that because it does seem like you know whether it's Ray Sloan or whoever he's answering to, it does seem like he has. He's been given a task, you know. I don't mm -hmm. know. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Logan, you opened the Thrawn door, so I have to go here. I mean, I was gonna Shocker. Go I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that was dumb. Um, but basically, the entire vibe that I got from Moff Gideon in this episode and basically what's going on with the whole cloning system is I'm getting a very Legends Thrawn trilogy vibe. Mm. Is within that trilogy, you have a cloning, we have a cloning facility that no one knows about, and there are cloning people with you know, clearly the Force and the midi-chlorian and stuff. But, I mean, you have this same kind of plotline going here. You know, of course we don't know the details of it, but that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting, mm -hmm. is that very vague, dark, cloning thing that we're going to try to take out the rest of whatever is going on. We're going to create these elite soldiers and take this out. Whereas, I mean, in the Thrawn trilogy, we didn't, we'd actually didn't go into those dark troopers, is mm -hmm. what you're talking about, that they, instead of rather, they made, like, a Luke Skywalker with two U's. And that was weird. And had but... him go after Luke. So, <laughs> I think it's going to be the same thing, except they're going to go after their greatest assassin currently. We don't know Luke's whereabouts at the moment. That's a good point. And then, that, okay, I don't think we'll ever go the Luke route in the show. I really don't. Yeah. However, I do think it was an interesting point that they're like, it seems that the child didn't have a high enough M count. And to me, the only person alive who would have a higher M count than someone of the same species as Yoda would be Luke. Just judging from, you know, Anakin obviously is much higher than Yoda's and kind yeah. of assuming, because we don't really know, assuming that that somehow transfers down lineage lot wise that, um, you know, because Snoke kind of makes that sort of sentiment that because of lineage, there's definitely a connection to probably midichlorian count. So I don't think we'll ever go the Luke route, and I really hope we don't, but that's kind of an interesting concept. And I think for me, like, the thing that I were talking is just, like, going off is just so reminiscent of what Mallory and I talked about last week. And it was like, last week's episode opened so many doors for the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Right? Just for the concept of raising the child. It, oh, like, yeah. Ahsoka could do it. He could be trained as a Jedi. Ahsoka could totally reject it and then go into her own spin-off show. Like, there were so many options just from last week's episode alone, and now this one kind of, going back to the, to me, the overall storyline of Mando, and again, there's, there's no clear direction the show is going. And it's kind of fantastic that you can't be like, okay, well, we're going to go here next. You know, this is a logical progression of the story. Like, I just, I think it's really cool that after watching this episode, I'm like, I have no idea. I have so many guesses, and I can pull from legends. I can pull from current canon, and I'm just sitting there going, well, I mean, that could work. But, you know, there's this show does such a good job of setting up endless possibilities for its future that I think is very exciting. You know, if we're looking for Minichlorian Count, well, Ahsoka's now an option, right? He's literally going to take Moff Gideon to Ahsoka. Let's not forget where that ended, right? Apparently they're tracking, and he's going to go right there, right? Bring her right to Ahsoka. Right. So obviously he's going to know. I mean, whether she knows who Moff Gideon is or not, she's going to know what the Darksaber is. She's going to have all this history, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting. And Moff Gideon will comment. probably know who she Ahsoka who is. Gideon is. I, probably, I think the follow-up on Logan is, you were saying that he didn't have a high enough midi chlorine child. I actually took that in a different direction. I was like, like these people are rejecting midi chlorine, right? They're rejecting his blood. Mm. Like, even more of his like a blood transfusion is you have you have you're having the wrong blood type. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, these subjects Let's aren't the about. right ones. Where you might have the right what's the word I'm looking for? You have the right source, but you mm -hmm. have the wrong type. You have the wrong subjects. 
and I think that's I, that's what I I took more of that. We're looking for a new volunteer more than a new blood source. Yeah, I could see that. Well, and I took I took even the whole midichlorian thing. I didn't I personally didn't take it as that he didn't have enough midichlorians. He specifically said I couldn't get any more blood than what I got right. without killing him, and they obviously didn't want to kill him because mm -hmm. they may need more of him, right? So, and if Moff Gideon's still after him in their heads, I think they do think that they can get more from him now. Um, yeah, they're definitely not done with the child. Say, yeah. I definitely don't get that vibe. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, but but yeah, so let's. Uh, I, I could see kind of both sides of that for sure. What were some of your favorite sort of references that this, this show had? Because this show was, this episode is chock full of references and it was so good at depicting the empire so good very empire-esque actually back to back i think but what were some of your favorite references that you kind of caught or noticed you want to go first mallory oh okay i'm i'm below sorry i'm i'm beside it on my screen so <laughs> too bad <laughs> little bit little bit cheated but yeah so i'll go first um my favorite moments are actually not direct references or, okay but i mean like you said at the beginning i'm going to take this in a fallen order direction and then a broad direction again wow um, shocking i could have predicted this i know um ronan if you didn't know my favorite character in star wars is one if you haven't figured that out from like knowing her for 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> okay so, i mean yeah so i yeah okay anyways but i think i'm going to take this really away from the main plot was the scout troopers mm -hmm. is that what you call it yeah yeah, yeah. is is in fallen order we i mean they're kind of the sadder version of a stormtrooper and that's really kind of the, the vibe i got from this is you really get to see just how much better they are than a normal stormtrooper and just how capable of doing things that they are i mean they're still dumb but they're more <laughs> capable of a normal stormtrooper and that's what i kind of is it that's what I like is they're building up, is they're building off of these things mm -hmm. rather than keeping, oh yeah, stormtroopers are stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. And then again, with the entire Imperial bases, you have that Fallen Order look. You have the the bridge that goes out, and the entire time I could just see Cal like walking around the edges, <laughs> you know, just like trying to get up, and then once he get up there, you have like that big marker. Anyways, but then another one is when the scout troopers are, you know, they jump off that bridge and they're you know, they crash into each other. It's like they're going to be the architects of their own destruction. That's what they're on quote mm -hmm. is, and that's exactly what's going on. Is the empire is the architect of their own destruction here? Is they're the one that's leading the battles? I mean, you see throughout the entire the entirety of the empire is they are the architects of their own destruction. They are the sole reason that they lose. I mean, yes. You know, the rebels who can come in and figure out those weaknesses, but it's all because of the Empire that they lose those battles. And small things like the faults in the Death Star, you have two people running into each other, which then killing people. You have Vader turning on the Empire, and the Emperor, and you just see these things slowly falling. Mm -hmm. And it's because the Empire is the architect of their own destruction. Hmm. That would make them raiding rebels. And rebels, you he would people would be like, let's attack! He's like, no. Not yet. Wait, wait, and think about this. And I, I remember me as watching the show. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? What am I? What are they <laughs> seeing that I'm not seeing? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Most of the time, they'll they'll yeah. mess it up themselves. Right. <laughs> so good. Thrawn's a genius. <laughs> what you got, Cody? Oh man, there's a lot, a lot of references. One thing that's just on the tip of my head that I'll, I'll just say, I forgot that Mando didn't know that Gideon survived. Like right. when that happened, I was like, oh yeah, because we all knew. And I was like, wait, duh, yeah, like he wouldn't know because he survived. Obviously, we do. And right. Also, nobody else knows he has the dark saber. I kind of forgot about that too. So, yeah. anyways. That was just a, a thought I wanted to throw in before I forgot about it. But it's crazy anyways, that like um, even that hologram in last episode, like he was there like thirty seconds too late or he would have seen it, right? Yeah. It's kinda enough. kinda right. interesting that you're right. Like he has no idea and he really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well good continuity then by you know, by the creators obviously. But um some of the, my favorite references that like you said, there's a ton of new hope references. I caught 
when they were shutting down the, or when he was trying to self-destruct the thing, the noise it made was kind of the same noise that Death Star made when Obi-Wan shuts Ooh. down, or shuts the shield, or whatever. Tractor beam down. Thing that, tractor tractor beam. beam, there you go. Yeah, same noise, Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, obviously, just being like he's inside walking of around there. the thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and even just being inside that base, you could tell that was an Imperial base. It felt very cool like that. I think Moff Gideon used the binoculars that we're all familiar with from Grief Cargo. Or oh, sorry, yeah, Grief Cargo. And um uh let's see. Obviously the ship at the end was very reminiscent of a new hope and Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of very cool that that was cool, cool that they emulated the shot of the star destroyer in this case probably an isb yeah. ship or maybe a light cruiser yeah. but still that same vibe yeah mm-hmm. one thing i really liked about that facility is it really like mirrored rogue one is as they're going yeah, to find like those plans of... it really mirrored rogue one oh it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like that's like i was watching i'm like rogue one Rogue One, Rogue One, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, this just looks like Rogue One to me. So, so much continuity, I think, with when dealing with the Empire, like it all, it all seems to flow together so well. Yeah. Did you have anything that stood out to you, Ronan, about like you know specific callbacks or? To me, the minute they cut to the the two, the guys with the the uniform that do have the Camino emblem of clothing, right. which I was like, holy god, when they were like, you know, burn it, burn it off, it it, it really yeah, it was cool. I say it, it, it's weird to reference it, but that's how George Lucas based it off. It's the Nazis on the run. That whole sequence when we see the, the, the beings in, in the tubes with, mm-hmm. with the water, I was just like, okay, this is what I was waiting for. I was waiting for this moment that it feels like I bought a Star Wars comic book and just every page was <laughs> like filled with something. And what does this mean? Is this going to be referenced later? Does this mix to, you know, the, 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 those humanoid droids that the emperor sends to all his generals or, or moffs at the you know in battlefront 2 was like what the? you know i i that was the moment that i that i was just like a joker grin i'm like this is weird crazy star wars stuff and i love it i i we got a little bit of it in rise of skywalker in the beginning and that was it we usually would get this in a, either in a, in a comic book or in an old book from the eu right but i did like the um C-3PO droid in the in the classroom. That's something that I found oh, yeah. remarkable about Navarro in season one. It's very overcast. If you see the color palette of the episode, right, right, right. It's very there's not much sun lighting, and and then you we get to that we go back to Navarro, and it's there's sun everywhere. It's prosperous. There's kids in, in school, and it's just like yeah, that's it's awesome. A unique, unique aspect that you know what happens when the war has ended for few years now and how the schooling go how does teachers go for what are they teaching in class and i i, I like that sequence a lot and also that that cares the marshall now i'm like okay that was cool yeah well that really made me think of like man how much of a time jump are we looking at here because it navarro had changed so much and even i think cara dune and uh Ricara and grief cargo were pretty much like a lot's changed since you left and and it was just like they've set up a school everything's so different i'm like right. man how long has it like do we have an official time jump i don't know that we know the exact amount of time that's passed i didn't think it was a lot at first but this makes it feel like it's been longer than i thought right 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 i also like the the imperial someone said tk one foot one four two one something like that and it reminded me of when the imperial guy let Luke and Han in when they were dressed as stormtroopers, like TK120. What? Are, why aren't you at your post? It reminded me a little bit of that. I'm like, is that is that code reference for, for a new hope? It's a close yeah, reference, also, but it's not right. exact. And also yeah. the um, I think they're called Aqualish. I think I looked it up right now. It was yeah, those, yeah. Those creatures in the beginning that the one that wanted to fight Luke in in the cantina in Mos Eisley. The butt chins. Yes, yeah, they're Aqualish. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that little reference. I'm like, oh, there you go. Cool, more classic creatures. I love it. Yeah, no, that was cool. I mean, so TK421, the iconic stormtrooper number, the first stormtrooper number ever mentioned in A New Hope. Yeah. They do do uh, TK147. Yes. So that's that's what the one we get here. That's kind of cool. Um, and I just thought, actually, just all of the stormtrooper dialogue was pretty interesting because you had, like, that same thing where they're like, oh, what's this? They're like, oh, it's just a blown transformer. And then you have Obi-Wan when he's on his thing. 
and he makes little he uses the force and i think the most childish but like simple way which is very i don't know I, such a cool part of obi-wan but he uses it so simply just to make a little noise so everyone turns around so we can sneak out right on the death star and they're like right. what's that and he's like oh, it's probably just some dissipating gas whatever and it's kind of like that same vibe where the stormtroopers are like eh and i think it's funny because it's super realistic you know if you're at work or whatever and you hear something you're like meh it's not my job i don't yeah. care <laughs> right you know <laughs> and it kind of cracks me up that they had that mirror and then again like the thing that i thought was really cool i mean of course there's so much um but i thought it was really cool that one we got to see a sonic imploder up close that's cool you get to see those a lot in video games but that was cool to actually see like one like right there i mean we've seen thermal imploders in this so it was cool to see that um but then when mando actually goes up the chute with his jetpack when they're like hey use your jetpack go get the child is that like mimicked luke and leia crossing two stormtroopers yes. come up behind him and there's one across that he shoots across yeah. and the music actually kind of swells in a similar fashion it's obviously not the same you know not not like the big jump music, which I don't know if you can all picture that or listen to it in your head as Luke and Leia swing across, but it actually does kind of swell as he just looks back and jumps up. I just really liked that. I mean, I guess he didn't get a kiss for luck, but still pretty cool. And I thought that was just, to me, I think there were just so simple callbacks in this episode that it was really cool. You know, okay, we have TK-147. It's not TK-421. That would be weird if it was the same one. But it's still cool that it's a similar cool. reference. So in a similar callback there, you know, we're not shutting down a tractor beam, but it's the same console that clearly the Empire is going to use the same consoles, right? right? They didn't just make different ones. That'd have been really weird. So I just, I thought there was too many neat callbacks in here. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The yeah, TIE Fighter chase. What? That was cool. Hmm. So the TIE Fighter chase with the uh, the land, uh, the scout troopers, that gave me a little bit of asteroid field. Uh, uh, vibes when the Falcon is trying to escape yeah. the uh, mm -hmm. the Tie Fighters. I'm like, I like this narrow again. And even simple. a trench run by yes. two, like Death Star Trench. Right, and it's, it's simple, basic action that isn't bombarded. There's not that many cuts. Right, it's just following the thing, and I'm like, oh. even the dogfight at the end when, when the Racer Crest comes in. Oh, that was I so quick, cool. Like deploying the flails or the foils or whatever, so it could slow down. It's like right. that was super cool because it seemed like super practical on why that would work. It was yeah. also like the, it was like the deploy all flaps and drag fins. Like they looked exactly <laughs> like some of the the fins that you see in episode three as Anakin just murders a ship into the ground. Cause he's such a good pilot. I, I thought of too when that during that trench run, I thought of there's a part in I think it's the Force Awakens when Finn tells Ray to fly low because it confuses the Tie Fighter trackers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought of that too. I was like, at first I was kind of like, man, they should be able to just lock on and kill him. But I was like, well, you know. That's good. That's a good point. That yeah. Supposedly, yeah, it's a good observation. you know. It's, right. They uh, don't track down very well. They track more across. Yeah. Right. Um. And then. Uh, oh, down there really quick. Well, it was cool to see the troop transport right being mm -hmm. used again, and obviously you know. That's Filoni cool that they keep throwing. Just <laughs> out. Yeah, just being able to put that in, but to see it like used like that when. Uh, Cardin just launches it off the thing like that. That was fun. That was cool. I love that a toy that was never in a film <laughs> keeps yeah. getting referenced. Filoni's like, ha, I'm going to do it again. Just, do it in Rebels. Watch this. I'm going to do it in live action. Right. <laughs> Watch yeah. this. I'm going to drive it off a cliff. Yeah. What's... Crush the poor Mithral's scooter. What's weird is that, I don't know about you guys, but once I finished watching and I was writing my notes, I'm like, okay, I've seen him do the jetpack and the shower he takes off. Mm -hmm. What left of footage have we not seen yet in the trailers? And I'm not trying to spoil yeah. myself, but it's just like, we still have four more episodes to go. I can't think of like pretty much a, a single scene. Left. Right. That's like, a good point. Like, everything else has already been used and it's just like, what are they hiding from us that hasn't been leaked yet? <laughs> You know, because like that, that was like what I was thinking when I saw us actually get in that transport. Actually, okay, actually when they showed the transport, I was like, well, crap, that's going to be like all of the shots. Well, like we're yeah, done with yeah. the trailer now. Yeah. Once they get in that, because like they had the mithril and you're like, okay, well, clearly that's from this episode as soon as you saw that. So that was kind of crazy to be like, we had the ice scene, we had the water scene, like we're done, I think. So like it's definitely going to be interesting to see if we're, if we're going to see more. I just don't think there's anything left in the trailer. But I did think on the yeah. trench one it was really cool. It was like Escape from the Death Star vibe with Grief Cargo shouts back after he, he shoots one. And I just thought that was really cool. 
could kind of hear Solo being like, great kid, don't get cocky now. Don't get cocky. So well, I thought that, that was kind of cool. Scene, the inside of the troop transport was Falcon-esque because even the controls, mm-hmm. it kind of looked like the, the Falcon. And Just kind of swiveling yeah, in his then, chair and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, so the gunner, the gunner obviously was super Falcon-esque. And then even like the controls for flying the ship, they looked like the Falcon uh, hyperdrive, like a little, a little bit. It was, right, it was right. close. And so um, that was really cool. But yeah, obviously the gunner was like super like the Falcon and, I always like when you see a shot of the TIE Fighters and the TIE Pilots are always kind of... I don't know what knob they're twisting, but they're always... Okay, gotta twist this knob. That's true. Yeah. Maybe that's how they All I know is people need to freaking start getting keys or something, because the only ship I've seen anyone work to steal is in freaking the Rise of Skywalker when they steal the speeder. But you can go steal like <laughs> these transport ships, you can just jack just a whole ship. ship. You're just like, it's fine. No problem. <laughs> just jump in and go. We're not worried about security. <laughs> Logan, you made a comment when we were watching it, like when we first saw the TIE Fighter, like, hey, that kind of looks like the TIE Defender. I mean, we clearly saw it wasn't, but I just wanted mm-hmm. to make the point that a TIE Defender very well could be mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, because the last time, the last TIE Defender goes down in the Battle of Jakku. So it is very possible that we could see a TIE Defender in this, and I can actually see them using that later in the cool. Like, it's, it's, it's minimal, like it's not mm-hmm. probable. Yeah. But I can see them using it as we start to hit the climax right. of season two. I did think it was cool. I mean, just... Uh, I always will think TIE Defender when I see the folded wings, just because that's what I first think of, even though it's not necessarily characteristic of it. And we did see, see obviously, Moff of... Gideon flies down in one. Like, that was very... Yeah. But yeah, see, I thought it was just... folded wings, I think mm. of the Inquisitor. Okay. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good callback. The Inquisitor's Tie Fighter. Oh, the lore of this is we we've only gotten this much. That's what's freaking me out about this show. What else are they pulling that we don't know yet? I'm trying to go back that's to awesome. those Ewok movies or another comic book. I'm like, what else have <laughs> they not brought up? Yeah, and I think yeah. I think you know Ronan's pulled out a good example. Like this is very for people who aren't familiar with the EU. This is very EU. Um, yeah. luckily it's a lot more on the rails than how a lot of those books start. We're, we're doing was, good yeah. so far. We haven't completely went off the rails like Luke with two U's or yeah. whatever. Because <laughs> no. that stuff got weird. But <laughs> but it's very similar in that vibe. And the, I think the one thing that those books really did give, besides great humor, but um, – they really gave such a good vibe of the Empire being an evil thing that you just couldn't quite hang with. That the Empire always seemed to be one step ahead. Oh, you screwed this up. Oh, you blew up our Death Star. Oh, no, dude. Okay, we're going to build one in three years. That's not even an issue. Oh, no, you you killed our Emperor. Okay, that's fine. We have plans for this. You think you won the war. No, you didn't. It's, you're a joke. Like, And it's. <laughs> I think the EU was always really good at setting that up, that the Empire was always always going to be the bad guy you just always you you could think you'd win but the empire was never really going to be beaten just a testament to how manipulative and powerful palpatine was and i just think that's kind of a cool vibe to still have you know i think well, as right. long as you're facing off against the empire it just has such a cool vibe yeah but i guess i don't know where do you think this is going to end just like just like trying to guess like What's this dude's fate? Or, like, you know, like, what's what's our ending? Because I was talking to, actually, my uncle. He just caught up. He's like, yesterday, he's like, all right, I finally got the Mandalorian down. I finally watched it all. This is Jaren, actually, by the way. And I'm like, he's like, I just finished. And he's like, well, how much is left? I'm loving it. Like, how how many seasons are left? Like, well, they're working on season three. It's already renewed for season three. But, like, he's like, well, is there going to be a season four? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, with this, I'm just like, what? Are we going to be on season 10 when this ends? Or, like, you know, is it season three? And I what, think... where's it going? Go ahead, Mallory. Okay, sorry. I think this season is going to end with getting the dark saber back. I think Ooh, that's how it's going to end. And, and season three is going to go in to basically another Siege of Mandalore. Yes. Ooh. I think that's the direction this is going. Yes. Siege that's of Mandalore. Part two. Okay. Siege of Mandalore, part two. Part two, this time the Mandos win. And right. The, the, the idea, the thought that I had is that that's really cool. Is okay, you have um, 
and obviously we don't know how many sects of the children of the watch the death watch are out there but um the idea would to really take back mandalore mandalorian get stronger together would be katie sackoff bo katan sorry uh is kind of the leader of gonna be the rightful leader of mandalore her being able to bring in mando who is mm-hmm. a child of the watch and bring them back together so that they're no longer a separated sex of mandalore there's not going to be the death watch and the mandalorians but they're going to all come together and and be one again and mando can play a big part in leading the children of the watch into that for them to go in and then take mandalore back so i think that's the kind of the bridge and that that, that, you know they're going to be able to i I don't know bring, bring mandalorians back together into one big tribe again so the mandalorian ends with the restoration of mandalore I think so. That would be an interesting yeah. and appropriate ending, I think, you know? Yes. I just hope, and maybe I might I might be wrong, I might change the part, but I don't want eight seasons of Mandalorian. That sounds weird right now, yeah. but it's, it's, it's good. But it's amazing what you could do when it's minimized mm-hmm. and everything is strong. Focused. And mm-hmm. focused, and the, the least watched, rewatched episode is cool. Or it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I liked about Rebels, that it was only four seasons. Granted, there was some, you know, there was one-off episodes that I Mallory's just call. so happy someone likes Rebels. <laughs> hey, I'm oh, glad people Rebels, okay? I have all the Blu-rays. I, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, that's what. Keep it, you know. I would say Max, make it four seasons as well, Mando. Make it four seasons, and if you want to do yeah. more stories, do what. Uh, do it. Do what Lone Wolf and Cub did. It started off as a manga, and they made four movies out of it. It's just like there's more. I I I'm a big believer of cross mediums. I thought I told myself if they don't do if they didn't do season two, mm-hmm. and they just did like a manga series of the Mandalorian, I would have bought it easily. I would have bought it easily. We're getting books of Mandalorian. Right. I I think that it's keep it uh, small, and I would even suggest have the child and Mando separated for a little bit. It'll be sad. People will be like, oh my That's gosh, sad. I couldn't win up. But it'd be like, okay. <laughs> he he proves to both the Child of the Watch and Book 10 and the Night Owls and her loyalists and all the houses that he is of the believer of, of Mandalorian. But you can't ignore the fact that he's been really attached to this kid. He's talking to him. He's suggesting stuff. He's He cleaned his mouth with his cape when he vomited. Normal. That That's normal. you know, there's a connection there. It's not just it's not just that a thing that he you know. I I re- I've been rewatching Sanctuary a lot. Hmm. I love that episode because there's some lines where it's like he was about to leave the kid with uh, Omera or I think that's her name. Yeah, and be like right. I you know, traveling with me is no life for a kid. I did my job. He's safe. Right. I think at one point that's that they get separated. He does the good cause for Mandalorians. He reunites with the kid, and he goes back and he settles down with Omera and they start a family and he. I, I don't want to see his I don't want to I love Pedro but I want to see his face again and just be the ending shot it just takes the helmet off the end that'd be, cool. that'd be pretty cool last samurai style in my opinion that'd be interesting I think it's funny that Mallory is like it's gonna end on Mandalore and everyone's like yes Mandalore I agree with Mallory Mallory's a genius <laughs> and I I do think my counterpoint would be <laughs> my counterpoint would be that I actually am gonna hazard a guess that. Bo-Katan dies. Oh. Don't make me sad. I'm sorry, oh. but this is one of the reasons I think she has to die. Because I do think that... I do think there's so much bad blood from people who know what's up in Mandalore. People who actually understand Mandalorian history. Hmm. I don't... Th- I think there's too much bad blood. You know, Bo-Katan hates Death Watch. Right? right? There's no... Re- I mean, they're pretty much responsible for her sister's death because they sided with Maul. Um, they're at least it. responsible for the destruction of her planet at least one of the times. Right. And then, the obviously, the Imperial um, occupation. And then who knows what role the Death Watch potentially played with what Mallory and I spent most of last week's episode talking about was this purge that we have no idea what it is. Right? So we have no idea how bad this goes, and we can assume that everyone in the Death Watch still hates everyone who wasn't, who was too passive for them, right? 
and yeah. kind of has that. So I think Mando has this unique possibility where he can be like, I'm respected in my clan because he does seem to be respected. You know, when he was in danger and made a choice to technically even put his covert at in danger, they still came to his aid, even though it was bad for them overall. They still chose to help him and they respected him. And then he was, I don't know, I think I get the vibe that he's respected in with the Mandalorians he meet. So I think this can end with Bo-Katan dying and kind of passing on this, the role of the Mandalore to she choose him as her successor, choose him as a successor which would then garner the, yeah, the Death Watch's ability to maybe chill the hell out. And everyone else can respect him because he wasn't, I mean, it's very cultish how he's raised in the Death Watch, right? So he doesn't know he's part of something bad. He doesn't know there's all this bad blood because he doesn't know. He doesn't know any better. There are people who saved him. So he can kind of use his middle ground pers- ability to maybe end it. And we can have him in like this. I hope he just gets armor. That's basically how I hope this ends. <laughs> One thing I do want to mention is I'm not entirely sold that the Children of the Watch are is death watch like i know that's weird because they're literally the children of the watch and they have the death watch right yeah there's no way that it made the name that close no but just hear me out for a second is if you actually go into the mandalorian history when when the warrior when the when the mandalorian 2 wanted to maintain a warrior lifestyle were Mm -hmm. banished to concordia there was actually two groups. There was Death Watch, and then there was a site called the Old Mandalorians, mm-hmm. who basically went back to the old mercenary bounty, bounty hunter life of the Mandalorians, and they went by everything that the Old Mandalore did, because that's what they believed. So where Death Watch took it one step further with violence, they went back, like, okay, we're not seeking revenge, but we're going to go create our own life as the Old Mandalorians. Interesting. But then at one point, they were a part of Death Watch. And a lot of these members are Clan Vizsla. And we need to understand that Death Watch isn't just, like, the Death Watch insignia isn't just Death Watch. That's Clan Vizsla as well. Yes. That's what's great about, yeah. I, I, even you think Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan was in Death Watch, if you think about it. She was, it's that's where she started. Yes, previously was, like, she was her right hand. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until, until Maul took over, right? Until he killed mm-hmm. her. And then, you know, everyone bowed to him. And she was like, no, I'm bouncing. I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna kneel to this guy. Right. And the fact that's uh, I okay. If you want, if you think Bo's gonna die, I don't want that. But I think they shouldn't do it in the first season. They bring him back. No, they no, no. It's definitely back. this is. I'm talking like last mm-hmm. second to yeah. last episode overall, probably like season yeah, four or five. That's something that. Like a Kanan kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very similar to Kanan. I mean, it that's has to I, be a sacrificial role. Like it has. It has to be done super tastefully. But, and as Mallory brings up a great point, is like, we don't really understand what Death Watch is and Child of the Watch is. And I think we just don't understand Mandalore in general. And I'm loving the tidbits we keep getting because there's so many different options for what it is. You know, I mean, I think so much of kind of the KOTOR period and the Mandalorian Wars. That's, that's where I go to for like Mandalorian history is like that time period. And, right. you know, it's it's so similar to what you see with Death Watch. And Death Watch is really just emulating them. And as Mally pointed out, that was actually people who actually just wanted to follow that. We get that after the Mandalorian Wars and stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised. I guess I don't think Death Watch is... I think Death Watch and the Clone Wars is the bad guys. I think Death Watch and Rebels is the bad guys who are just kind of there. Not necessarily... Like, they're not the aggressors anymore. But yeah, and I think just... in this one they're not necessarily they're the bad guys they're just the other guys at Points this point. Of Point of views. They never said that children of watch were bad. They just said right. they were zealots that broke off. Very cool. Right. So we don't necessarily see death watch and rebels. True, but I was kind of counting the Imperials. Gar Saxon as similar yeah, just because he was character. basically the leader of Death Watch so, under Maul's at that point, it wasn't exactly Death Watch anymore. They were called Super Commandos. True. And they weren't exactly Death Watch anymore. So Gar Saxon, he's an Imperial. He's the worst Mandalorian to serve the Empire. So it wasn't exactly that. Because you see Clan Vizsla sides with the Bo-Katan at, at the end of that arc saying, we mm-hmm. will follow you. 
so it's not necessarily, and the majority of Death Watch was Clan Vizsla. Majority so. of Rebels, we see, it's, yeah, it's Gar Saxon and his Imperial Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. We see Fen Rao and the Protectors, and I believe I totally the two-episode arc of Heroes of Mandalore is Clan Wren. Sabine's so mom. It's, it's it's Ren protectors and Saxon. That's right, the right. entire essence of the Mandalore arcs in Rebels. Is it's Sabine Ren finding the dark saber, training with the dark saber, taking it to a mom, being like, "Hey, this is what I have. I don't know what to do with it." And then Bo-Katan comes along. She's like, "You're the perfect person for this." And then working with Bo-Katan to ultimately start another Mandalorian civil war right. to get right. the, the Empire out of there, which eventually happens for a little bit. But, but yeah, ultimately, there's a big purge that happens at some point that yeah could leave millions of things up for interpretation that hopefully we'll find right. out more about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So there's no way to really exactly know what's going on right now. So basically, point. it's a great episode, and it leaves you maybe more confused than what you started out with. <laughs> Which seems to be a pattern, actually. But I'm just loving the direction the Empire is going. I'm loving how we're portraying the Empire so much, especially in these last two episodes. Fantastically done. Ahsoka's coming up next episode. Filoni's obviously at the helm. A shocker um, (laughs) that that worked out. It'll be exciting, and that gives us four more episodes. Midway through the season, we're at the Halfway point. Halfway point. Wow, that's sad. But it'll definitely be really cool, and we'll keep doing this every week as we try and figure out and interpret the Mandalorian. Um, so stay tuned for next week's episode, and come and hang out. So, bye everybody. But Thank thanks you, for hanging out, everybody. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Warrior sports and be with you. Wow. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> Oh, yeah.